Greetings everybody, it's a great blessing for me to come to you today. Today we're going to be speaking about what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit according to Romans 8 verse 14. And I trust that this message is going to impact your life and help you a lot in just your everyday life and to live free from condemnation, living in the power of the resurrection. I would like to welcome everybody that is slotting in for the first time. Thank you so much for joining us. Our web church is all about bringing the gospel of God's grace, the message of his love and his goodness and his kindness to people so they can be established in the grace of God, sharing in the life of God. And then to all of our faithful viewers that slot in on a regular basis, thank you so much for slotting in. It's an awesome honor to minister to you today. I've had very good reports of the messages that went out the last two weeks where Gerald was with us and uh, when he ministered on the resurrection and just the life of God. Uh, thank you for that report back and also encouraging him uh, in what he ministered. It is so good to see the effect that the gospel has on people all over the world. Uh, let us just, uh, yeah, I think before we pray, I want to mention something. I spoke to uh, people that follow our ministry or knows of people, uh, a lot of people that follow our ministry in China. And they've said that the church there is going through a bit of a difficult time. Two of the churches that listen to the messages that we, um, that we minister here and where it gets transcribed and where they gather in homes was closed down by the government, uh, the Chinese government. Apparently they've got a new president or a, a leader that just, is just uh, locking down on some churches. Uh, so they struggle to fellowship and have fellowship with one another there. So I was just thinking that when we pray, let us think of them in our prayers. And then obviously with the coronavirus and what's going on there and how they handle that, it's also very difficult for the people there. So uh, let us just think of our Grace Brothers in China that is believing in this message of the resurrection and the goodness of God and let us think of them in the difficult time that they are going through. I've received a report uh, that they say that if they didn't know this message, you know, they basically wouldn't know how to stand and that they are standing because of the knowledge of the resurrection and what Christ has done for us. So let us pray together and then I'm also going to pray for them. Father, thank you so much that we can gather together today, gathering around the truth of your gospel, the love that you have for us, the absolute outstretched hand of life that you have brought to us. Thank you so much for that. I want to thank you that this service revolves around you, the power of your resurrection, the love that you have for us, the no condemnation that you have in mind for us and that you manifest through your spirit. And thank you that it revolves around fellowshipping, the fellowship of the body of Christ as well. We, we are thinking of the people in China, Lord, and we know that you know about the situation, but we still just come and communicate with you as pertaining to that. And we declare that you are Lord. You are Lord over this earth. Thank you, Father, that we can say that Jesus Christ is King and that Jesus is not some spirit that's somewhere in the sweet by and by, but that he is physical, he's raised from the dead, and he 
is Lord. He is the king of this whole world. And we are under his jurisdiction and power. And with that in mind, we can just come and declare that the people in China, our brothers, people that are persecuted, going through difficult times, that they have eternal life. They're under the rule of your life and that nothing shall harm them. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for encouraging them. Thank you, Lord, for making ways where we can preach the gospel to them and where they can also come together and fellowship around this truth as you have already raised up people in this truth right there in China. Thank you for your love and your grace, God. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to get right into the message. Um, I'm going to teach on Romans 8.14, as I've mentioned, and I want to just read the passage. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, in today's message, I'm going to uh, teach that being led by the Holy Spirit does not uh, talk about, and what Paul tries to communicate, doesn't talk about trying to find an inner voice inside yourself to hear, what must I do today? Must I turn left at the traffic light or must I turn right? Or should I do a business deal or not? Uh, that is not what that passage talks about. Traditionally, we have believed it to mean that and then from there we've made the conclusion that should we not listen to the inner voice on a daily basis and follow that we cannot call ourselves the sons of God and then the nature of a human that wants to preserve his own life automatically kicks in and then we want to make ourselves sons of God by trying to hear a voice and obey it and that just brings so much confusion and hurt because we find people say and we've I've done it in my life and I'm sure you've experienced it in your life where you felt that God told you something and you followed it, did it and then found out it wasn't God. <laughs> and, then, and then with that in mind, you know, and with that foundation, you start to wonder, is God speaking to me? And then you listen again and you hear again and then things uh, sometimes work out and sometimes doesn't. It's about a 50-50 kind of a thing and you start to wonder if you are truly a son of God. Are you a son of God? Because are you led by the Spirit or how do you hear the voice of God? Some of us say that we don't even hear the voice of God. Some say they hear an audible voice. Others say they get dreams and visions all the time. And then like a lot of people, they would just say, well, I try to hear God and I try to say, Lord, what must I do? Wait for an inner voice. Then I don't know if it is my thoughts or God's thoughts or not. And then the whole thing of, am I a son of God, hinges on this ability to hear a voice inside you. And that just brings a lot of pain and confusion. So we're going to look at that. I would like to read the first um, paragraph in the notes. Now for those of you that want the notes of the messages, uh, please write to info at dynamicministries.com and we will send you the Sunday's message, the notes for it, prior to the service. <clears throat> it says here... Um, in this message, I will explain that having God as Father implies the understanding that He is the source from where we have life as well as the fruit 
that pertains to His presence. I will address the leading of the Spirit as the power of God as Father, bringing forth all He has desired for us. He's the Father of our actions as well as the Father of our bodies. Um, and then you will see just below the verse there, uh, Romans 8, 14, I've just summarized the traditional view. Traditionally, the text was understood as a step-by-step -step inner voice that we must listen to and obey. Should we obey? then we are the sons of God, and should we not obey, then we are the children of the devil. I remember when I grew up, when my sister um, was, one, one of the things that I would say to her, you know, because I couldn't just go and beat up on my sister, because then I'm in big trouble, you know, so uh, uh, if she does something that, uh, that I felt wasn't right, or, you know, like children, sometimes they fight. Maybe your kids never do that, but when I was young, um, you know, I had that problem. My sister and I, we were fighting a lot. And um, one of the things that I would say to her, and she would say to me, when you're really angry, the worst thing you could say to somebody is, you're a child of the devil. You know, and that is the thing that we live with many times. You know, if we're not hearing the voice of God and we're hearing other voices, what are we then? And subconsciously, we live in fear. Now, if we are saying, uh, if we look at that passage and it says that as many as, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, it automatically implies that God is then your Father. If you're a son of God, it means God is your Father. Now let us just quickly look at what uh, the Greek word for God means and the Hebrew word. Uh, it means the self-existing one. Now just think for yourself, if you call God your Father, you are saying the self-existing one, the one without beginning, without end, the creator of all things, the sovereign God, the only God, is literally your father. That is what you're saying. So um, when Paul comes and he looks at this passage, and, or when he, when he writes this passage, and he looks at the concept of living in the flesh and living in the spirit, which is just prior to that. And those of you that have not listened to our previous messages, we are in a series in Romans and we've dealt with Romans 7 and 8 where it talks about that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And this is written on the foundation of Romans 7 and 8, uh, the beginning of 8. And he's basically trying to say that being led by the spirit what comes forth is of such a sort that you would say God is the father of that or another way of saying that is I am a son of God. Now who by his own works can become a son of God or who by listening to an inner guidance on where to park your car to have a better parking or how to do a business deal can become a son of God by obeying those messages. No person. That means, and but just looking at that way, we can already see who can become born of the self-existing one by trying to hear God's voice in business. Nobody. I mean, I've tried so many things in spreading the gospel where I thought the Lord is leading me here or the Lord is leading me there. And then I see it doesn't work out. Sometimes it works out. And then I would say, Lord, I don't know why it didn't work out. And then what would is 
my conscience is the scripture that that says well i will send you to places and if they don't accept you just uh, wipe the dust off your feet you know and they say well glory to god you know at least there's a scripture like that um but how do you what do you do if you're a businessman or you've got children put them in a school you felt god has told you to put them in that school and now it's not working out something's going horribly wrong uh, or they get injured at that school or you believe that they must go somewhere and then there was a motor car accident or something like that how do you deal with that how can we and this is the question that i'm asking how can we by trying to hear the voice of god every day as a voice in our head um, become the sons of god in obeying that voice that would mean that your obedience is is uh, actually becoming the source of what gives you life and not the spirit of god i read the verse again for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god god as the self-existing one the one without beginning or end or the creator of all things or the sovereign one that means um being led by the spirit will bring you to a place where you can say the self-existing one is my father uh, and i am showing attributes of that in me i'm starting to show attributes of eternal life i'm starting to show attributes of no beginning and no end because that's what paul is basically mentioning there in the context uh, of romans 7 and then the first uh, 13 verses of romans 8 that is what he's trying to say the word father means the the generator metaphorically it means the author of families or societies of persons animated by the same spirit as himself father means the following and i believe this is where thyre would get the definition that he wrote down here as the greek definition I, I believe he got this from romans 4 because the way we define words let me just give that a little bit as a little bit of background um, if you want to know what a hebrew word means you can't go back and look at what what the hebrew dictionary said that moses wrote because moses didn't write the dictionary there is no ancient dictionary uh, and in a lot of the greek it works the same way they were not they, there's not dictionaries uh, the way you determine what a word means was by how the word was used and in, you would look at 100 places in the scripture where the word was used and then out of the context of the whole passage and in the setting that that word was used it derives its meaning so in the very same way i think you know that's why you will find in the greek 10 meanings because that was basically the 10 major ways wherein that word was used so one of the ways it was used and i believe it derives from romans here is one that a father is one that infuses his own spirit into others who actuates and govern their minds one who infuses his spirit into others who then governs or actuates their thoughts and their minds one who is infused a son would then be one who is infused with the spirit of god being animated by the very life that is in god himself so if we take that definition of god as one who has infused his spirit into you bringing forth your very thoughts and also the fruit of the spirit as what we would call it 
in um, according to biblical language those who are led by the spirit they will be called the sons of god it makes me think of the scripture in john chapter 1 verse 12 it says as many as have received him to them gave he the power or the authority or the right to become the sons of god and that is to those who have received jesus let us read that in john let us read that in john the point that i'm trying to make here is that being led by the spirit is something else than just trying to hear an inner voice being led by the spirit according to paul is something else than that it entails in the context being born of god being born of god and we know what was needed in order for us to be born of god it, it, we needed the resurrection of jesus christ the death and the resurrection of jesus right let's go to john 1 talks about jesus coming to the jews it says and he came unto his own and his own received him not but as many as received him to them gave he the power to become the sons of god even to them that believe on his name so in romans 8 14 it says those who are led by the spirit they shall be called the sons of god but in john it says something that sounds completely different although it is actually just the same thing he says as many as have received him to them gave he the authority or the power to become become their means to find your birth to have your being come forth by god when you can say that i am born of god it says then in verse 13 which were born not not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god so he's saying as many as have received jesus the christ we will explain what that means to them gave he the authority or the power to have their being come forth from god himself these are those who don't have their being come forth from blood or the will of a man or the will of the flesh but of god himself so we see clearly that sons of god comes forth by being led by the spirit or when john mentioned led by the spirit he simply said those who received him those who received him so i want to submit to you today that to be led by the spirit according to romans 8 and we're going to look at that in more detail simply means to receive jesus as lord that is all which lifts this burden off your back when you're trying to be led by the spirit every day when you wonder god what must i do should i do this should i do that but where you can come to a point where you say that i am led by the spirit as being born of the spirit where i'm under what we've ministered in previous services where we are under the life sentence of life we are under a life sentence of life that means that should we do wrong things now but we're under the sentence of life 
in the end of the day, it's going to work out all fine. And we've likened that in our previous sessions to Romans 7, where Paul said, uh, when it was under the law, the good that I want to do, I cannot do. So it doesn't matter how many good things I try to do, at the end of the day, it works out bad for me, because I'm under the death sentence of the works of the law, <clears throat> or where I find life from my mortal body. But when you're under the life sentence, it means... As what you would have tried to do good things under the law and it didn't work, now that maybe you've missed it somewhere in your life. That's not the end of the world, my friend. You're under the life sentence. And as you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you've accepted him as your Lord, you are led by the Spirit. You are led by the Spirit. Now, let us go and read Romans 8 verse, from verse uh, 12 and up to 17, and we're just going to look at the context of this. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, just in the previous two verses, it says that we should not live after the flesh. Now, traditionally that has also been such a bad thing. And I've mentioned to you guys before, you know, one day I was in Bible school and I, uh, I struggled to sleep and I drank a sleeping pill and... Um, the it worked so well. And if you've never drank a sleeping pill in your life and drink one, it works very well. And uh, the next day I was late for Bible school and I came to the Bible school. I, I think it started at eight in the morning. I came in there at nine and the, and, and the guy I was teaching, the pastor there said to me, he said to me, why are you so late? I said, no pastor, you know, I'm very sorry. I struggled to sleep. And then a doctor friend of mine gave me a sleeping pill and I thought, let me just have a good night of, night of rest. And I said, <laughs> I slept too well, and he said to me, uh, and you know, started to tell me how bad that is, and I'm going to become addicted to heroin and drugs and all those kind of things because I'm going to get addicted to sleeping pills, and then I just didn't know what to say. I quoted Romans 8 to 1 and said, there's therefore now no condemnation for me. <laughs> and then he quickly quoted the rest of the verse. He says, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And then my whole good news scripture was gone because I obviously walked after the flesh because I drank a sleeping pill. Uh, and the church are bombarded with the thought of being in the flesh or living after the flesh in should we do something that doesn't always fall within the parameters of our customs and our culture. By that I'm not saying, and I just want to say this, maybe you're saying that, you're just saying go and do whatever you want and live like a hooligan. I'm not saying that. I do believe that there are scriptures where you, in the Bible clear, I mean our Father, the Lord's Prayer, where we go to God and say, you know, Lord, we declare God that you are our Father. Your will be done. Uh, thank you for giving us our daily bread. Where it talks about being in communication with God about your things in this world, your stuff, how you deal with relationships, forgiveness, 
uh, unforgiveness, all those kind of things. Yes, we talk to God about that and God does give us guidance and God does give us advice. I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is, is we cannot call ourselves sons of God on the foundation of how accurately we've heard the voice of God and then call that being led by the Spirit and refer to Romans 8.14. You might say, Betty, why are you talking about it this way? Well, we are simple. We are going through Romans and we're now at verse 14. Uh, and we're now dealing with this matter. So when we look at being led by the Spirit here uh, and the flesh, the context is not that you drink a sleeping pill or not. The context is not uh, that you break the speed limit or not. That is not the context. The context is not that you put your kid in the right school or not, and thereby you define flesh or not. The context of flesh here is Judaism, wherein Romans 8 is still written to the Jews, with the Gentiles standing in the back door listening what God, what Paul is saying to the Jews. And as he's correcting the Jews, he's going to turn on the Gentiles very quickly and he's going to say, well, everything I've said to the Jews, I'm now saying to you as well, because some of you Gentiles here in Rome are starting to think that you are saved because of your flesh, because you're non-Jews. Just sharing the context of Romans 8 there, or Romans, the whole book of Romans. No letter to Romans. So we are seeing Paul talking to the Jews. And what he's saying to them is, you cannot identify with God through thinking that Abraham is your father. You're a physical descendant of Abraham. And that God then gave you the law, which is a good guideway on how to get the kingdom of God to manifest in this earth through which life would come. That would be living in the flesh, according to these passages. So living in the flesh has got nothing to do with, Oh Lord, should I put my kid in that school or that school? And now you didn't hear the right one. Or living in the flesh was, Lord, um, you know, uh, 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 or something like, I feel I shouldn't eat ice cream. Now I did. Oh, I'm in the flesh. That is not, Paul never had ice cream, kids in school, or any of those things in mind, when he wrote this. When he wrote this, he had in mind that there are some Gentiles that start to think that God is just going to destroy the Jews, and that God has got something against the Jews, and that they as Gentiles is actually okay, because they are non-Jews. And that they started to believe that God is a God that is mindful of the flesh of man, as pertaining to ethnic groups, and through that he blesses you, wherein your righteousness is in the flesh. Righteousness defined as the right that you have unto the kingdom of God is defined in if you're a Jew or not. That is the flesh or not. That's what Paul talks about. He, in Romans chapter 7, says basically that I was alive without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died, and he realized that he was drawing upon mortal flesh, and this whole Jewish system, and from mortal flesh, he thought that mortality can lead him to eternal life. And he realized that mortality only leads him to death. We can now start to see where I'm going with this, that those who are led by the Spirit will live. So as what mortal flesh can only bring forth death, so the Spirit brings forth life.
Okay, let's read verse 14. For as many as led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. For you have not received, for, oh, sorry, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What is adoption? Those of you that have followed me regularly, you'll know what adoption is. Adoption means that God will adopt us unto himself in the resurrection in the last day. Now, the spirit that will raise us from the dead, which is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is already now living in us. And he says that the spirit that we have received, by the spirit we cry, Abba, Father. So when we are led by the Spirit, or another word for led there, we'll get into that now, is brought forth by the Spirit, we can then say that God is our Father. Context is everything. A lot of people quote a lot of text, but there's no context in it. And I think it's Joseph Prince or many other people have said it. Uh, if we take the text out of context, we only have a con. That's all. Um, 17. And if we are children, then we are heirs of God, joint heirs with the Christ. And if so be that we suffer with him, that we can also be glorified together with him. Now, I would like to skip the verse that we have there, Second uh, Corinthians 3.17, which says that the Lord is the Spirit. I'm not going to read all of that. I'm just going to say, remember the scripture there. It says that the Lord, Jesus Christ himself, is that Spirit says we are not preaching the literal text, we are preaching the Spirit. And then he says, the Lord is the Spirit. That means the Spirit or the driving force that gives us life is the physical man raised from the dead. And as we believe upon him, from him we have now the power by him to have God bringing us forth as his own. Him bringing forth fruit in our lives. Okay, the word led, ago in the Greek, it means to bring or to drive. Specifically, specifically to pass, to induce, to bring forth or to carry. You'll see I've um, said there, I think I've put all the verses in there. There's 30, 32 times. Uh, that this word is used, and 40, 14 times it, it's used as to bring forth. Like for in, instance, they brought Jesus before Pilate. That's the word led. They took him and brought him to bring something. If I bring you this phone, this phone was led by me to you. So, those who live by the flesh are led or brought forth by the limited power of the flesh as mortals having death as their destination, led by the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit or brought forth by the resurrection power of God, then you are the Son of God. I hope you can start to see that leading here does not mean... Um, to be uh, 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 to try to hear an inner voice. The context is to be, let me put it this way, if you are brought forth before God by the Spirit, 
in all holiness and in all righteousness, then truly the life that you were brought forth into was not of yourself, it was of God. And that's what it means to be led by the Spirit. I would like to go to Galatians 3. I think I've got it. Oh, let us use this Bible. Uh, Galatians 3. Talking just a little bit about being led by the Spirit. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth as crucified amongst you? This only would I learn from you, that you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? So what he's talking about here is, how did they receive the Spirit? They received the Spirit by the hearing of faith. What was the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith was not, have faith that you're going to have a car. Have faith that is going to go well with you today. That was not the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith was not the word of faith gospel like we know it today. The hearing of faith that Paul had in mind is that Jesus was raised from the dead and that he is seated at the right hand of God, Lord, from where we can have the expectation of the very same as what he partook in in his resurrection. That is the hearing of faith. And this hearing of faith when we believed that Jesus was raised from the dead and we received him as our Lord, what did we receive? We received the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let us go back to John 1. As many, I'm not going to go there in the Bible, but let's go back to it and just quote it. As many as have received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. How are we born? We are born of the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. How did we receive the Spirit? By the hearing of faith. What is the hearing of faith? The hearing of Jesus that he was raised. We who believed it, what happened to us? We received the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. For what purpose? For this purpose, to also quicken our mortal bodies, for the purpose of this Spirit bringing forth the fruit of life in us, which is called love and peace and joy and all those kind of things. So that we can say, as Paul said, the life that I live in the flesh, it is not I who live it, but it is Christ living in me. And that Christ living in me, Christ or the rulership of the man Jesus, bringing forth a holy life in Paul, is what he calls led or brought forth by the Holy Spirit. So how are we, how do we position ourselves to be led or brought forth by the Spirit? According to John and according to Galatians, and we're going to look at one more verse in Galatians, it simply means to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and that whatsoever he is, is my end destination and that is what he will bring forth in me by his rulership. Living with that in mind, having that faith as the substance of things hoped for. In other words, I am persuaded today that God can do what he promised he will do. Uh, that it gives substance to my life, it gives testimony to my life. As I'm persuaded of that, I am born of that truth. That is 
what it simply means. Another example, if, you, if you're really looking at a political leader that's messing up and, you're, and you look at everything he does, you will find that as you believe in him and you receive him as the one that brings tyranny and pain to our country, you will, as you believe in him, you will find that you are born of him. That he brings forth your life. The spirit of whatever is around that person, which we would call the spirit of fear. That spirit brings forth fear in your life. How? Not by a magical spirit, but by you believing the lie. And as you believe that what's going on there. Let's take the coronavirus for instance. Uh, I think 3,000 people have died of the coronavirus in the world. You must remember there's 8 billion people in the world. A very small percentage of the people in the world has died of this. But it is a threat to us. It's a, a threat to civilization in the sense of bringing death to people. Yes, we need to do something about that. But to the measure that you believe upon it and believe that it will definitely affect you, to that measure, that what was happening in China and is happening in some places in the world now, will shape and form your life. In other words, and we can use, it, use this language to explain being born of the Spirit, the coronavirus will bring you forth. Those who are brought forth by the coronavirus will be fearful and this and that and whatever. That is the, the language Paul is using. Now I want to end off by going to uh, Galatians 6. And um, verse 6, it says, Let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sow that he shall reap. Now what this passage means is Paul says that whosoever comes to you people in Galatia and teaches you in the gospel because many teachers were going around teaching, he says receive them, uh, take part in their teaching, you know, look at what they say and it also talks you communicate to them in all good things which can also, it does not point to it but it does not exclude communicating with them financially or giving them a place to say stay some food and if you want to give them some money you could do that um, but the passage does not mean uh, you must just shove a lot of money into the preacher's hand that is not what that passage mean the context here is something different and we're going to get into that right now it says let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things be not deceived God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sow that he will reap for if he sows to his flesh, from the flesh he shall reap corruption. Can you see that? So what he's saying is, you people in Galatia, there are some people that's going to come past here and they're going to buy and they're going to teach. Listen to their teaching, but please remember this. Don't let it be a mockery of what Christ has done. Please don't let it be a mockery. We're not going to mock the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those if you sow to your flesh, in other words, if you go back and you put confidence in circumcision and the law and all those kind of things, from the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Or we can put it this way, your mortal flesh will only bring forth death for you. 
or we can put it in, if you want to use Romans 8.14 language, we can say that your flesh will lead you to corruption. But as many as sows to the Spirit, or that gives his life to the Spirit, the Spirit in Paul's understanding was the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And we see that in Romans, I uh, don't want to read another verse, but let's go there quickly, Romans 1, 4. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God, or uh, led to be a son of God, or brought forth as a son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, or the Holy Spirit, by the resurrection from the dead. So Jesus was brought forth as a son by what? By the Holy Spirit. Or the power of God is another word for it. So how was Jesus led unto saying Abba Father in his physical body in the resurrection? He believed in the Father and the Spirit, the life of God, brought him forth as a son, led him unto being a son in his body by the resurrection. So in the very same way here it says, we who are Sowing to the Spirit, we who say we give ourselves for the teaching of Jesus died and Jesus was raised from the dead and his resurrection means he's Lord over my life and he shall also lead me unto a life bodily like his wherein the last enemy, physical death in my body shall be conquered in the last day when Jesus comes back. We who believe that we are now, from the day we believe that, being brought forth or led by the Spirit and seen as born of God. That is what that passage says. It says, for he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And if God is the everlasting without beginning and end and the spirit raises us up as without beginning and end as well eternal we can see we were led of the spirit unto eternal life amen and amen well next week i would like to go over this again and there is some passages that i've left out we're running out of time that i would just recap on and and look at there is beautiful depths in this and I trust that this message will just bless you more next week. Thank you so much that you've slotted in today. I trust that this message just gives you just a breather as pertaining to, am I a son of God if I've heard the voice of God? The voice of God is this. Jesus was raised. He is Lord. Believe upon him. Receive that truth as the truth about yourself from where he leads you by his spirit to have the same in you if you believe in jesus that he was that he died and that he was raised you are led of the spirit unto the fruit of the spirit by the spirit amen and amen let us just pray together father thank you so much for your love and your goodness thank you for your grace thank you that we can know that we don't have to sit every day and have all of our lives pivot around are we hearing you accurately every day that we can live in the safety 
of you as the one that has taken the, um, the authority and the responsibility upon you to bring us forth as your sons. And so we are led unto being sons by you as we rest in you. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for watching and I will see you again next week. God bless.